HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Did you know that Wisconsin is home to the nation's only master cheesemakers program that provides innovative cheesemakers with continuing education opportunities? To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com. Hello, and welcome to Snacky Tunes Live. I'm one half your host, Darren Bresnitz. I'm the other half your host, Greg Bresnitz. We are so excited to be kicking this off. This is actually going to be our 350th episode. Um, so thank you to Mom for all those years of support keeping us going. And Dad. And Dad. Thank you, Mom and Dad um, and everyone. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the food uh, from two of our, our favorite um, menches here in Los Angeles. Uh, Michael Wexler and Micah Kassar, owner, chef owners of Wexler's Delis. They have three locations all over the city. Uh, always down for a good nosh. And we'll get a little bit into the food they made and how they came up with it in the show. And coming up on stage, we're going to have Naya, who is an amazing vocalist from Los Angeles by way of New York, by way of Boston, whose recent 2017 record, I, was on the top 10 New York Times uh, best album of the year by John Carmonica. So please check it out. It's always a great time when you can be in the Times. Yeah, that's how you know you've made it. That and public radio. Public radio. Not podcasting. If you get on a podcast, you've not made it yet. You haven't yet. Um, we want to thank Golden Voice. Thank you so much. Biz3, everyone Biz involved. Biz3. And, oh, hey. Hey. And, yeah. And, uh, oh, and Kong also for all of his help. Yeah, shout out to Kong, who's our... You'll meet him a little bit later during the... Uh, yeah. And especially to uh, Chad, Jennifer, and Ryan and the Golden Voice team for really supporting and believing in this. We are really excited to be here. We hope we don't let you down. So sit back, relax, and here we go. Snacky Tunes Live at El Rey Theater here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. You're too good to me. Fill me up when my glass looks empty. You always try to see a better version of me. I'm never waiting. Cause I know that you always make it And I can't take it You're just too calculated It's you or me who breaks it all yeah. It's you or me who takes the fall So I'm gonna hurt of timing can you blame me for protecting myself baby you're too perfect too perfectly orchestrated it's you or me who breaks it all yeah it's you or me who takes the 
Thank you so much. Grab a stool, sit on down. Micah and Michael, let's get you on up here. Shout out to the chefs for tonight. Thank you, guys. Shout out to Naya. Welcome. Welcome. So um, the food that you enjoyed tonight was a bit of a, an inspiration uh, that between and a match between both of uh, you as an artist and you guys as artists. And I'd love to talk about how you came up with the dishes tonight, what people enjoyed, and uh, how you were inspired by her music. First of all, I love when you refer to me as an artist. So <laughs> oh, yeah. You continue that. And that's... Uh, Capital ten, A. Capital A and 10 singles yeah, right. in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, for us, first of all, we found out very early in our, in our first meeting that we had uh, at, our, at our deli in Santa Monica that we had this mutual love for all things Sopranos, uh, which you're obviously repping tonight yes. already. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, I, I'm a, a chef that really likes to cook from taste memory a lot and things of, of uh, childhood, nostalgic kind of stuff. And when we talked to Naya a little bit, we were speaking about, hey, like, you know, tell me some of your background, your upbringing, what did you grow up eating? And it was this very um, Italian-American sense. So things just kind of clicked right away from there of let's do this kind of uh, Jewish-Italian-American mashup. So that's how the first thing that popped into my mind um, was the meatball knish, which we serve tonight. Knishes are one of my... Yeah. Favorite so guilty pleasures as a fat Jewish kid growing up. <laughs> but you made, you made ones that were obtainable. Because the conditions I remember are the ones from uh, the Lower East Side, which were like a brick. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you're supposed to be able to use them for stickball also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paperweight, yeah. doorstop. Yeah. You eat one and just take a nap afterwards. Yeah, exactly. We have cots upstairs, actually, so if any of you... That's amazing. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that, that like, yeah, I mean, knishes usually are a really um, shitty bit of food. Yep. So we, we wanted it to be a great bit of food. Um, and so, like, everything we do, we, we go back to the origins of it, the traditions, and, as I said, those taste memories and those things that I remember as a kid and recreate those in the best way that we possibly can. So we serve knishes from time to time, and it just seemed like a natural thing to put a meatball filling in there instead and then have some of the yellow mustard and the Parmesan cheese. So it's, it's sort of all confused and mixed up, but somehow it makes sense when you eat it too. Now, how'd they do? Amazing. A. So good. A plus. Yeah. Um, so now you grew up in Boston. I did. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Boston One. in the house. Wow, Boston. One Boston fan. So, um, so uh, what was it like growing up? Food Was food big in the family? Yeah, it was just Italian food. That's all my mom could really do. Describe a Sunday. It was Sunday dinner. So, it was so red sauce, red gravy. Sauce, yes. All from scratch? All from scratch. Shopping on Saturday? Yes. Okay. You guys call it gravy in your house? Or we no? do. I was just going to, yeah. So people have gravy. that whole thing. It's gravy. It's I know, not gravy. It's like the red lead, one of those. Yeah. But, yeah. The red lead? Yeah. Because red. it knocks you out or yes. it's so heavy? Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot of parallels between Jewish food and uh, yeah. Italian food. Just... Totally. You know, there's a lot of parallels between, you know, Jewish American and Italian American culture. Yep. There's a famous, you know, she'll, she'll know as a huge Sopranos fan. In, um, in Sopranos, where Tony's referring to Elvis land and Furio <laughs> from Italy goes, what's Elvis land? And, Tony, and then Polly says, uh, it's a place where there's no Italians or Jews. <laughs> so that really shows how you know, Whoa. important Italians and, uh, and Jews are in, um, in urban American culture and how much those cuisines you know, are so reflective in, in urban American culture. And I, what, what was your mom and grandma and family cooking on the Sunday meals? Like, what was the special? Pasta and meatballs. Just the same. Yeah, yeah. which meatballs. is where the meatball knish came from. Yeah. Now, Mike, you're also from the East Coast. Yes, New York. New, New York. York in the house. New York in the house. New York in the house. We have quite a few uh, New York LA transplants. And Micah, yeah. you're one of those rare LA natives. Wow. People say that, that rare, that rare breed, but there's a lot of us out there. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There we go. Um, now, uh, where did you two meet? How did you guys meet? We're, uh, we're best buddies from Cornell, and it's actually, um, you know, we, we met freshman year. I was actually, um, you know, walking up the stairs. Um, in the hotel school, and I kind of walk with a little bit of a limp. So I'm walking up, and I'd noticed Micah before, but I'd never talked to him. And, um, you know, Micah was walking down the stairs, and uh, he was walking with some of his friends, and he was walking with a little limp, and all of his friends were laughing. So I thought they were naturally making fun of me. So, you know, this is freshman year, um, you know, right off coming from, you know, Manhattan. So, you know, I get up right in his face, and I'm like, yo, man, are you, are you imitating my walk? And then he explained to me that he hurt his ankle playing flag football or something. He was just, you know, <laughs> limping. 
And uh, that was kind of the beginning of our friendship. And you guys were at Cornell, which is one of the most prestigious hospitality schools. Were, were you there for service, for culinary, or, or what side of the, the yeah, equation? Yeah, the food and beverage, restaurant, cooking, ho hotel, hospitality management, yeah. And, and Naya, you came to New York before you came to L.A. What, what brought you there? Um, I went to New School, the Jazz Conservatory, Ooh, for a little bit. That's nice. Yeah. And then what brought you, what brought you out? <laughs> no, it is. New School's really awesome. It's good. It's yeah. good. Did you, like, I mean, did you like hanging out in New York? Uh, yeah, of course. I went to like an all-girl Catholic school growing oh. up in, like, right outside of Boston, so getting to New York where there are like, kids with pink hair smoking cigarettes. New like, School is like the exact opposite of yes. Catholic Because girls. when people think of dangerous New York, they think of pink hair and just cigarettes <laughs> and nothing else. I didn't. I've never seen that before. Yeah. My mom was like, "Oh God." And so then what both you what brought both you guys out to L.A. I mean, Micah, you're the native. You're the native, so you already knew what was going to bring them out. L.A. landed on me. Yeah, yeah. But both of you, what what, what drew you to the West Coast? Uh, I mean, just after after uh, after college, you know, going to college in New York as well, growing up in Manhattan, I just wanted to switch it up. I had an opportunity to work for Wolfgang Puck, and you know, heard uh, at Spaga Beverly Hills, had heard so much about him and uh, moved out here and took advantage of the opportunity. True story is he was also chasing a crazy girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> but isn't that the way that most people, I mean, just to show of hand the audience, how many people move somewhere because of someone they were dating and they're not dating them? I moved out for my beautiful wife. Oh. Oh. Where is she? Hey, we're expecting our first child. It's going to be awesome. Oh. L.A. baby. And then, and then, Naya, what brought you out to? Kind of the same. There are a lot of producers and writers out here I wanted to work with and love a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love, love will get you 3,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. and, and what was it in both of your careers? Um, there's you know, a decision where you're like, I'm just going to go for it as a creative and an artist, capital A. Capital A artist. What was it in Naya in your career as a musician and for you guys as, as chefs that like, really were like, this, yeah, when we're did just it going? Yeah, flip from being like, I'm passionate about music to I'm going to be a musician? Um, I think it was when I moved to Los Angeles. I think I really wanted to go for it, and I knew a lot of the industry and the labels and a lot more of the producers were out here, so just left all my friends and family and moved out here by myself. So. What about you guys? Now, when did you guys decide that you wanted to go into business together? Um, you know, in college, we always cooked a lot together. We um, did, like, fraternity formals together. We would, we would, we would cook yeah, at I'm sorry, them. just... We sorry, would cook at some of the most disgusting fraternity formals. <laughs> One second, you're going to breeze yeah. right past that. Fraternity formals? Yeah, we would cook at these fraternity formals, you know, in these trash kitchens. Oh, and I'm sorry, and you're still breezing past it. What's on the menu for fraternity we, formals? We, we, we would, like, you know... We, no, yeah, we do no, want to know. know. Would, Prime rib, rum baba, yeah, pâtés, terrines. They didn't even know what they were eating. It was yeah. insane. That's pâtés. amazing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, 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 we were in college, and we would each walk home with like 500 bucks in our pocket. Ooh. That was drinking money for like a month. It was great. A month. A month. Sure. Up, upstate New York beer. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have one pitcher and one cup, please. Yeah. So you guys are uh, cooking together. So yeah, so then, you know, we talked about it. Micah, um, you know, he worked at some of the best. You know, uh, then uh, after we graduated college, we both... Um, decided to, uh, to move to, to Europe together, and we worked in Spain and Italy for a year together. So, you know, we kind of talked a little bit more about that, and then um, kind of all came full circle. We opened up a uh, Middle Eastern restaurant called Meze in 2011. Unfortunately, it was only around for a few years, um, and we've been uh, business partners. Um, Chris was since. there. He was in the corner there somewhere. Yeah. There he is. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. And then uh, we opened up Wexler's um, four years ago in Grand Central Market, and um, yeah. Now, um, when did you decide that you wanted to be a chef? Like, when did it go from uh, cooking at uh, frat formals? Yeah, when did it go from <laughs> prime red? <laughs> you know, me personally, I'm actually, you know... No, um, no, uh, oh, Micah. Oh, when did you go... I know you're, I'm, you're, the, you're the face of the business. You're the, you're the front guy. <laughs> I, thought, well, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> no, uh, when did you decide that, like, instead of just, like, cooking at home, cooking, uh, like, serving up these dishes, that you're like, oh, I'm actually going to go into it and be um, a chef? I mean, for me, it was actually when I was a kid. I started... I had my first uh, restaurant job when I was 15, mm. um, and that was you know, kind of a summertime thing just to get into it and, and fell in love with it right from the get-go. And I think, you know, when I, when I think about it now, there's sort of this difference between um, the love of cooking and the passion for doing it and the sport of cooking in a restaurant. And they're, they're, they're really very different things, and it took me a long time to um, you know, figure out how to put that into words, but it really is... It, it, it is like a sport cooking in restaurants. I mean, it's, you know, it's intense. You have to train yourself. You got to, there's a pecking order. You're trying to be the best um, and, and keep getting better all the time. So, but, but I really, from the time I was a kid, I, I always wanted to be a chef. No, I, I see you nodding. Do you Sounds see Sounds like parallels? the music industry. Yeah. Like how, what, exactly. how does this compare to your experience? Well, like writing and making music and why I do music is kind of why he's a chef. But then there's like a whole other element that reminds me of like when you're in a restaurant, which is like the industry and 
like performing for crowds, and it's a very different beast. So they're kind of two different things. I mean, how much would time would you say that you spend on the craftsmanship for all of you versus the, the actual most. like the, the, the nonsense of the other stuff? I would say more for me the craft, but the other stuff is harder for me. So sure. I think I end up spending more time trying to do that, at least now. Um, and then this it, is really hard for me sitting on the stage. No, of just course. talking. No, I know you're, you're doing, doing great. You're doing okay. great. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Um, yeah, Naya actually has a fantastic Instagram, but claims to not know how to use it. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, we, we, somehow has these amazing videos I'm, and pictures and everything I'm else. I'm trying. Um, so you know, in some of the same parallels, in like crafting a song or coming up with a recipe, like how do you guys start digging into that? Like when do you start? Now that you're sort of established, now that you're here, now that you're you know, uh, when you start thinking about something like a new project, where do you go? How do you start prepping? I mean, for me, I think, you know, the, the, the genesis of ideas comes from different places. It's not, it's not the same every time. Sometimes I can wake up in the middle of the night and have something that's in my head. Sometimes it's like, okay, I, wanna, I know I want to do this next. Let me start, you know, getting my creative juices rolling about that and figure out what that means. It just, it, 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 you know, I never really know where it's going to come from, but once it starts, then I think there's a very methodical process that I go through to give it shape and to breathe life into that idea. Because, you know, to me, like, people, everybody comes up with ideas all day long, but the real difference is, is you know, are you going to be able to, to actually birth that idea and see it happen and see what goes on with it? Yeah, and for crafting a song, I mean, where do you start? I mean, it's kind of the same, um, I would say, which is similar to what he said earlier, like nostalgia is really important to me of having, make, like I just have to make something that can resonate now, but also still be timeless. So I think subconsciously that's always in the back of my head, but it's the same thing. I don't want to ever be redundant. So you kind of have to always think of new things and movies, just being around, seeing some crazy weird lady will inspire a song. <laughs> that queer, the crazy uh, weird lady song in Sandwich, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. Um, now, I know we're in L.A., and, and I know that Delhi has, is so prominent here, but we've got to throw it out because we do have some East Coast representatives. In the eternal battle of Delhi, I know, Langers versus Katz's. I mean, in, in Langers versus Katz's, if I'm taking Wexler's out of the equation. Oh, obviously, obviously. Wexler. Yeah, no, there's a second and third but place. This, this that, is second and third. If I were to choose between delis that don't cure and smoke their own meat and fish in-house. <laughs> oh. It makes a, a little shade on the yeah, side tonight. With, yeah, if we're going to go with those, then I would, I, would, I would go with Langers, even as a yeah. New York, I would say Langers. Oh. Actually, I just have to say, uh, real, real talk, the only people who cure their... And do everything in house in LA yeah, is Wexler's Deli. That's everything so crazy. from scratch. A lot of respect for that. Okay, we have one for Langers. L one for Langers. Is anyone is anyone gonna pick Katzis so we're gonna have a tiebreaker? No. Oh, no, 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 fine. <laughs> so th this for me is is um is a really simple one, and and it is Langers, but there's a reason. So I don't I don't have um, necessarily a loyalty because I'm from LA, but when I look at this kind of stuff, I really assess it in a very scientific <laughs> manner. Okay, mm. so. Here, here's the approach. This is the same approach I took when we crafted the Wexler's Deli OG, the pastrami sandwich, right? So there's three elements to the sandwich. Pastrami, bread, and mustard, nothing else. So each one of those elements had to be obsessed about and made perfectly in, to stand on themselves, but also perfectly to balance with each other. So when I look at that at Katz's, okay, the meat is actually pretty good at Katz's. Uh, the 125 years. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's pretty okay. good. Okay. Um, the bread is horrible. Oh. Yeah. And it come, comes from this um, bakery, Pector's, that does a very, uh, you can tell I've, I've gone through. Oh, you oh, thought yeah. about you can't, you can't trust anyone. He was waiting they, for this They question. do a very shit job at making bread. Um, and, and, then, and then the mustard is just, it's, it's not what I like in mustard. It's not, it's not really that great. Langer's has all three of those things are, are great, and they all work well together. So that's why it's an easy answer for me. So we got two for Langer's. <laughs> I mean, I lived across the street from Katz, but I would say Langer's too. Okay. okay. Yeah. Can we hear another song? Sure. All right. We can hear another song. So three, clear, clear where's the my air band? Clear the air. Um, all right, Naya, we got another song. Would you yeah. want to introduce this as the band comes back down? Um, sure. This song is called Day and Night. 
Ooh, great. Yeah. Awesome. It's a very be- beachy California vibe. Awesome. Naya, day and night here on Snacky Tunes Live, heritageradionetwork.org. Cats. Poor cats. Poor cats. <laughs> So good. So you, three of you, have been in the game for a while now. Ten years, more. And uh, things have changed. Um, obviously, having a good Instagram feed is, is a big part of it. But, um, you know, now that you're established, we want to sort of, like, take you back to the beginning and what it took to sort of get your career started musically and, and Wexler started. Um, what were the things you remember from those early days uh, and what were the good things and the bad things? I mean, a lot more bad things, I'd say. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Even looking back, like, with... I mean, for me, my family are all musicians, so I was taught craft is more important than show. Mm. So I, you know, were, was taking so many piano lessons, vocal lessons, and I kind of thought that was all you needed. 
and um, I just wanted to be the best at voice, you know, and learn everything I could about the instrument. And once I kind of got a little older, I realized that's really not the only thing that's part of doing this. And it took me a really long time to switch my mind and understanding there's like a whole nother vocabulary of putting on a show, entertaining people, and just kind of, there's so many things that go into it that I didn't know, so I was a little green about that, so. And, and what was the, the timeline from making that realization and then actually accepting it? Um, I think probably when I was in New York and I was in my conservatory and then, because I was just so into jazz and studying, and then once I realized not everybody listens to jazz. I was like, no, yeah, no. And then when I found out that I could maybe do this like for a career, I, one didn't really, I never really thought of the music industry as like a thing. Like I was like, I never want to be a star. Yeah. Some of my friends like always wanted to be a star. I always just wanted to be like a really great vocalist. So that took a minute to digest. And I was like, I could do what I love for my life. But I think probably when I was in New York, I was like, I, I want to do it for real and go for it. It's hard. And you went for it, and here you and are. I went for it, yeah. But it's all about making it your own. Like, just because other people put on shows a certain way doesn't mean I have to do it that way. No, uh, right. That takes a minute. And what about you guys? Who's getting into the the Jewish deli game? Uh, I mean, I like to think that everyone loves Jewish deli, um, but maybe that's because I like sitting down eating pastrami and listening to jazz. Um, but what Great made thing. you guys decide to get into what is arguably one of not only the toughest businesses, but as far as like a niche, like tough margins, hundreds of years of tradition, and a lot of critics. Yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, actually, like a, a really kind of similar story to, to, to Nia. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Chef, which is funny because I didn't see it until like a year ago, like a few years after it came out. But Mike and I, um, you know, kind of had a really similar feeling and story. You know, we had a contemporary, um, you know, high-end Middle Eastern restaurant, which was. Um, you know, great food, got all the great reviews you could ever want from, you know, New York Times, I sorry, LA Times, LA Weekly, and everything else. Um, but it wasn't able to make it. So Mike and I were kind of at this crossroads in our life. Um, and Grand Central Market, the owner of Grand Central Market at Del Yellen came to us, um, wanting really good operators in the market. And, um, you know, kind of just came to us right away that um, we just wanted to just you know, just kind of put our soul right on the plate. And that was it. No bullshit, you know, no interpretations of this, no kind of, you know, spins on this. We just wanted to kind of strip away all that and just try to make the best house-cured, house-smoked, meat and fish, you know, we possibly could. And um, it was amazing how well people reacted to it right away. And, you know, I'm in 2014 when we opened, you know, everyone was thinking it was like so revolutionary when we were just kind of, taking food back to its roots. Um, so, and, and kind of all the other things that Nia said, you know, I, I, we, we kind of learned, you know, in, in school where you can't really learn, you know, that much about business, even though they say you can. But, you know, you think like, hey, if I make great food, I have good service, you know, everything will be perfect. But as we know, there's restaurants that have good food, have good service, that go out of business every single week. So, you know, there is a lot of branding that goes in. Sure. There is a lot of tapping into people's emotions that are going in. And kind of for Wexers opening up a Grand Central Market, I think it was the, the right concept, you know, at the right time. And what emotions are you tapping into? Um, you know, I mean, I, th I think that there's a couple of things. One is just back to that nostalgia word again, just people's emotions for, you know, sometimes it sounds somewhat cliche, but a simpler time, a, a simpler way. There's so much now that we're inundated with, and there's something really nice about being able to stop for a second and partake in a childhood memory as an adult. And I think that's, that can be a very powerful emotion. Um, and, and we have that all the time. We'll have people who will come to us of all age groups of like, man, I sat down at your counter, I, I, I took one bite of that bagel and lox, and it brought me back to growing up in New York, Chicago, Boston, wherever, and my grandmother's table, and then and, and I heard the music, and the whole thing was just like beautiful, and all came together. So, you know, food and music are, are two mediums that have a really unique ability to do that, to kind of instantly just sort of smack us in the head and transport us to another time in our life that uh, not, not, not everything can do that. So that when, when you can achieve that, or when we can achieve that in food, it's, that's a very special thing. 
Yeah, I mean, both the food that you make and the music you make ha definitely has this transcendental quality that really taps into like a different time and allows people to take a moment and really enjoy it. Um, and one of the things that we have found from that is that there's a lot of influences that you see in your food. I mean, obviously, you have the New York and the LA influences, but I think in both the food you make, and we touched on them before, are the Sopranos. <laughs> now, you can't see Naya's tattoo, uh, but it is the hardest tattoo. Yeah, it's literally just Tony Soprano's name. Um, it's so hard. And I remember after you left, after we met, we're like, that is so tough. Um, but I want to talk to you about The Sopranos because it actually goes deeper than just sort of the cultural references. Um, how did that show inspire both your music and your food? I mean, it's definitely going to probably inspire my next album a bit more. Yeah. I think we're going to go a little bit more Italian with my music. But um, I guess just because it reminds me of my family minus the mob, I, I hope. <laughs> but it's all, food and the music. I think the music supervisor, Michael Carrot, Carbonara, which mm -hmm. is my favorite dish too, um, <laughs> is one of the best music supervisors. So it's just, it's so great. I don't know. It's like my family. Makes me laugh. And you guys? I mean, Soprano, I mean, I don't think we've had a meeting where you haven't quoted the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my kid on it a little bit at the beginning. There's a lot of similarities, I think, first between uh, Italians and Jews. And so... You know, I think, I think for me, like, one of the things that I love about The Sopranos is just the amount of uh, characters in that show. And I don't mean characters like, oh, yeah, the, the, the actor or whatever, but characters like what, what Jews would call mashuganas, right? There's yeah. just so many people on that show that are so insane and, and so particular to, like, what their shtick is. And um, I think, you know, for me, like, I always gravitated towards that because it's, it's very similar growing up in a big Jewish family. Like, there's a nickname for everybody. Oh, like, this cousin is that guy. This one behaves like this. This one does this whole thing. And so it just, you know, it, it, it feels very, it feels like home to me. So that's the kind of the, the connection. I mean, you both talk about food and music. And, and I'm curious, when you're kind of setting the stage for Wexler's and, like, what you're playing in, in, in the restaurant, what songs, are there particular songs you play before service or during service or end of night that kind of, really wraps it all together as your, your anthem. Right, I mean, um, we play diff a little bit of different music in um, you know, Santa Monica versus downtown because of the clientele. Oh, really? But um, <laughs> uh, Can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, um, you know I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of hip-hop. Obviously, like, you know, our, our motto is, hey, hey, smoke fish every day. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, you know, downtown, we, when, you know, when, when, we, when we open, we play you know, nothing but hip-hop, hard hip-hop, 90s hip-hop, 80s hip-hop, modern hip-hop, everything. And then, you know, it wasn't really kind of working as well on the west side. You know, people were, like, looking at each other while cursing is going, you know, cursing is going on. And, you know, we played a little bit more, like, beachy vibe. We'll mix in some other stuff over there. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms, of, uh, in terms of an anthem, I would have to say, you know, the, the next episode by uh, Dre, Snoop, and Nate Dogg now. Hey, hey, smoke fish every day. Yeah. And I think it's like also playing off certain energies, you know, like sure. in, in, um, in downtown, we, we want that very hip hop vibe, you know, in, uh, in Santa Monica, it is, it is more beachy, it's more laid back, you know, chili peppers play best over there. It's just a, it's just a different energy that it puts on. Nothing like a nice chill pep. No, it's, it's tough. On yeah. a it's, it's, Santa Monica <laughs> afternoon to really Enjoy some pastrami. It's tough. Says bumping, the guy from New York. It's tough bumping Mob Deep in Santa Monica when there's some guy named have, you know, have Merle. You, Merle with an attitude eating corned beef. You know ha, I mean? Have you tried? Do you know Merle? Well, I've, I've tried. We've tried. We've he tried. tried to return the song along with the sandwich. Oh, <laughs> no one crosses Merle. And now, when you're writing, uh, any snacks, any food that uh, are in the studio or like in, in your creative space? It kind of goes. It varies, but I have an iPad that only has the Sopranos series on it. And okay. I'll just like start my day and like put it on. So it's kind of like white noise for me. Yeah. Awesome. And then any <laughs> snacks when you're in the studio? Like what do you drink? What do you eat when you're recording? It really varies. Sometimes I don't eat at all. And then other times I'm just like, <laughs> but it's probably like a lot of tea or yeah. wine. Yeah, a lot of wine. Yeah. Class <laughs> Too of wine, much class wine. Of tea. Um, yeah, pasta. Um, so, you know, uh, you guys have, have done so much, but what I love about the three of you is that you're always looking to the future and to the next project and things like that. Um, so what's, what's on the horizon? What's coming up uh, for projects from all of you? I mean, for me, I'm just starting to write my new album. Can you give us any details? It's going to be more soprano-y, I guess. <laughs> 
try to want to shoot all the videos in Italy, maybe. Just go for it. If one must. If yeah. one must. Yeah. We'll and see. for you guys? Actually, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but we've been talking with um, Elon Musk a little bit about uh, yeah. possibly doing a Wexford's on the moon. So oh, okay. That's, we'll see, we'll okay. see what happens. Nice. A really fast way to cure that pastrami, right? Yeah. Um, well, we want to thank you guys, and we want to have another live song. Cool. Uh, this is Naya here on Snacky Tunes, and coming up next, we got a little bit of a, a little bit of game. Yeah, we have an audience participation segment. So, uh, so if you're feeling bold and you think your taste buds are strong, <laughs> get ready to raise that hand. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So we have another song from Naya uh, here on Snacky Tunes live on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We're gonna try something for fun now. <laughs> just for you guys. It's the Sopranos theme song. Yeah, did we get that yet? <laughs> Woke up one morning and got yourself a gun said you would be the chosen one she said you got a new moon yeah you're gonna shine all the time yeah born under a bad sign with a blue moon in your eyes and I woke up one morning the blue moon in your eyes another cover now that's that's better that was amazing thank amazing. you i feel so nervous singing that well oh uh, do you feel like so i feel like like someone's watching me hologram yeah like really nervous it was what? beautiful <laughs> is he alive bobby bacalar okay i know yeah. cut the black maybe okay, okay this is um, a, this is another cover oh we could have done a you, 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 you want to do, no, your... no, do okay. another cover okay Sitting 
Today's program was brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. What do you think of when you hear Wisconsin Cheese? For me, I think cheese curds. Delicious, fresh and squeaky cheese curds. Or deep fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally anyway, anytime, anyplace. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese, the farmstead cheese company behind Pleasant Ridge Reserve. I think of delicious, stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think of Dunbarton Blue, made by master cheesemaker Chris Raleigh. I think of Ross Grand Cru Sirchois, which was named 2016's World Championship Cheese, and Satori's Black Pepper Bella Vitano, the 2017 U.S. Championship Cheese. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, with lush grasslands and a glacial water supply that produce the very best milk, fourth-generation cheesemakers combine old-world tradition with new ideas and the highest standards to make innovative cheeses that win more awards than any other state or country. To learn more, visit wisconsincheese.com. Uh, all right, we're going to bring Kong up to the stage. Kanye Kong. Kong's our game master. Yes. Um, we need two participants. We need two participants. Um, we are going to do a super tasters game. You're going to go up against uh, Chef, Naya, and Darren uh, for some fabulous prizes. Yes, you in the back. Yes, you right there. Let's do this. Yes, you. Yes, pointing to yourself. Well done. Let's give All him right. a hand. I... Yeah, no food allergies. Yeah, they're too expensive now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can come up and around. This, yeah, uh, the yeah, podcast is about to take a weird turn about the problems with big pharmacy. Um, okay, so, <laughs> here you go. I got it, Darren. Hi, everybody. Justin How are you? Hey. I, I, well, I don't know. I'm... For the five of you here who aren't our friends, um, I'm Kong. I am the third member of the Snacky Tunes crew. I know what you're thinking. How the hell are these three guys so handsome, so balding, and so bespeckled? But, alas, friends. Um, okay, so, who's coming up on stage? Perfect, okay, everyone line up here. I will, just line up and I'll introduce you guys. Okay. So have you guys ever heard of a super taster? A super taster is an actual scientific thing. Um, not something I just made up. But a super taster is a person who they think has more taste buds than the average person. Ergo, very sensitive to taste, especially to the flavor of bitter, which is kind of weird. So we are going to set up here. We've got blindfolds for everybody. They're going to um, quite, yep, grab your blindfolds. Where I will explain, guys. I will explain. All good. Okay. So what we're going to do is my lovely assistant here, Shannon, um, who's also my wife. Uh, Darren and Greg aren't the only two people in this, on this team that can play up nepotism. I can as well. Um, so brought my wife up here. So what we're going to do is when it's time, when you put the blindfolds on, we'll hand you guys each a little ramekin of something to smell and to taste. Um, these ingredients, number one, are all things we got from a regular supermarket. So no weird supermarkets, no f farmer's markets. So just like your general everyday spot. So they could be anything from a sauce, to a spice, to a veg, to a fruit, to a protein. You're going to taste it. We're going to ask maybe a couple questions. And then you're going to take your blindfold off. You're going to not peek. You're going to write down the answers. You're going to show it to the crowd. Blindfold back on. We'll do it all over again. So we know Chef Micah Wexler here, Darren Bresnitz, Naya. And who are you two fine gentlemen? Your name? Emmanuel. And what do you do, Emmanuel? Just curious if you're not like a chef or like another ringer. Oh, uh, no. I'm actually a music engineer for film okay. scores. Perfect. Do you like food? Yes, I do love food. Okay, good. Because that'd be very weird if you didn't. And you? I'm Brandon. And Brandon, what do you do? Um, I'm a sushi chef. A sushi chef? Oh, shit. So let's be honest. The pressure is really on the two chefs up here because these other three, whatever, they can kind of show up. Okay. What do we, what do we, what do we got here, guys? What do you guys, yeah, of course, taste it, smell it, do all that good stuff. Uh, Micah, what do you, what, texturally tell us, like, what you're getting. Uh, texturally, I'm getting baby food. Um, if, I, if I had to uh, narrow this down, I'm going to go with pumpkin pie filling. Oh. Well, don't say what it is, you have to write it down. Okay. 
Don't say what it is. That's not what it is, but don't say what it is. What are you getting? It's baby food, too. It's baby food as well? Okay, but you know what kind of baby food. Okay. All right, guys. Let's put them down. Let's take off the blindfolds. Let's write down your answers. No peeking, no cheatsies. No colluding with the Russians. Thank you. Trump's in town, you know, got to do that. Oh, boo. <laughs> Let me guys are ready. Okay, all right guys, hold on. Plenty of paper there, Darren. Okay, here we go. What do you got? Yeah. Apricot, baby. Apricot, baby. Pumpkin. Period, pumpkin. Apricot, baby. Apricot, baby. I, put, uh, I wrote carrots and then I got scared so I put applesauce. <laughs> I have apple squash baby food. Apple squash. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. Well, you guys are all fucking wrong. Um, it is baby food. You got that part right. Uh, but it is pureed butternut squash. We'll give you one for chef. We'll give you a half. So, fun fact here, guys, about butternut squash. I actually looked this up on the internet before I came. Um, loaded with vitamin A, which is crucial to good eyesight. Obviously, Darren, Greg, and I did not listen to that advice, hence the blindness. Okay, guys, let's put them back on. Oh, yeah, just throw it in your mouth. It's perfect. Just get it all in there. All right. Um, like citrus? Uh, texturally, it uh, tastes like a fruit, like a, like a, yeah, an orange. An orange or something? Okay. Do you guys, you guys ready to give your answers? Do you think you can spell this? We'll spell it. We'll try. Try and spell it. Phonetically. You went to college. Yeah, covered up. No cheater. No cheatsies here. So far, Michael Wexler won. You guys, nothing. And let's be honest, it's a very generous one for Michael Wexler, not like a real one, but whatever. You guys ready? Here we go. All right, we'll start down here. Have kumquat. I also have kumquat. I think it's a clementine. Clementine. I said lemon. Lemon. I said orange. Orange. Kumquat wins. Good job, guys. Kumquat, Chinese for little golden tangerine or orange. Um, kind of weird, weird fruit, it is the opposite. It's called like an, op it's like kind of an opposite fruit. So as far as most citrus, the rind is bitter and the fruit is sweet, kumquat's the opposite. So you can eat the whole thing. Sweet rind, bitter inside. Last one. Got some maps. Uh, texturally. Oh, I know what this is because I love it. I would literally put this shit on everything. Saucy. It's saucy. 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 Mmm. Saucy. Okay. Do you want mine? Darren's taking seconds of the tasting portions. What a pig. Gross. Okay. Write them down, guys. It's okay. Just, uh, you know, take the best guest. So far, we have Michael Wexler in the lead with two. Darren with one. You guys ready? Let's cheat him. Okay, here we go. I got mole sauce. Mole. Poison. Honey barbecue sauce. It, it's, hoisin. it's hoisin. Yeah, Chinese honey barbecue sauce. That's a good, that's a good yeah. guess right there. It is hoisin sauce. Yes. Chinese sauce dip glaze made of mashed soybeans. So, Micah went three for three, but you know what? The audience always wins. 
here at Snacky Tunes Live. So you guys get Snacky Tunes pins, a $50 gift certificate to Wexler's Deli for each of you. And thanks to our friends here at the El Rey, you each get two tickets to an upcoming show here at the theater. So go over here and meet the lovely Shannon, and we'll get you guys all sorted. So and that was Super Tasters, guys. So thanks for letting me talk for, for once. Uh, so we are going to clear the stage, and we're going to do two more songs from Naya. But we want to thank you all for coming out. Um, this was... This was really great. We really appreciate it. Um, we actually have these Snacky Tunes pins for sale uh, in the back in the corner. That's actually dark, so we'll be back there selling them. And Phil Creek clears. Uh, and we're going to clear the stage, and we're going to do two more songs from Naya, but we're going to sign off here. Um, you can follow us. Uh, you can just go to bit.do, Snacky Tunes, to subscribe to the podcast. And thanks for coming out. Yeah, thank you for coming out. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Naya. It. Thank you, What's the Deli. Thank you, Golden Voice. Uh, Dave, Dave, and Russell, wherever you guys are, thank you so much for that. Thank you, guys. Oh, hey, oh, guys. There they are. They're there in the corner. There's our DJs. Yeah. They're, they're the awesome. Yeah. Check they're going to be out. playing a real 20 beat per minute set, uh, one song. All right. Enough. Yeah, okay, bye. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you at the next one.
my awesome band, Thomas, Iaji, and Dan. We have one more for you, if that's okay. Constantly dissatisfied. so much. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.